0: Do you remember the last time you picked up a pen and noticed the quality? How about a razor you handled that didn't feel cheaply made? When was the last time a product made a true and lasting impression on you? In this era of the mass-produced and disposable, anything lovingly handcrafted seems to be a rare thing. Maybe it's time for a change, and spindle craft can help. At Spindlecraft, passion and superior quality make it stand out from the faceless, automated crowd. Material for each piece of work is thoughtfully chosen, crafted, sanded, and finally polished with the kind of attention to detail and dedication you can't get off of an assembly line. At Spindlecraft, they know that quality of the material is as important as the quality of the craftsmanship and is a reflection of both the artist and the customer. So rather than buying some cheap pens or razors that you won't give a second thought, purchase something from Spindlecraft. To see what they have to offer, go to www.spindlecraft.com. And at the checkout, enter the word geeks. That's G-E-E-K-S to get 10% off. We're sure that once you have a Spindlecraft product in your hand, you won't want to put it down.
1: Hello, Friday Night Lights fans. Welcome to the Friday Night Mics podcast, presented by Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast, one host comes into each episode cold. The other has been a longtime fan. If this is your first episode, thanks for listening. If not, we're happy you're back for another episode. You can follow Freaking Geeks Media on Twitter and Facebook. Links will be in the show notes. Now, on to the show. Here are your hosts, Michael and Sarah. Hey everybody! Welcome back to another episode of the Friday Night Mikes podcast. We're here talking about season five, episode nine, Gut Check. Um, I'm here, of course, with Michael, and I'm Sarah. Hey
2: everybody! How's it going? Really excited to be back, and uh, we're really down the home stretch here on Friday Night Lights. Five four
1: episodes. <sighs>
2: yeah, that's it. <laughs> We've got uh, you know, a few episodes left, and the series will be over. So. It's it's really exciting stuff. Uh, honestly, it's it's a little sad. It's a little ex- it's also a little exciting too because yeah. you're really getting down to like think the culmination of the series. You want to see how it ends. So that's the exciting thing, especially for you since you've never seen it. Yeah. You know, you're probably itching to find out what happens.
1: I have no idea who's going to come back and be in this like final few episodes. If it's just going to be our main core of characters, how they're going to end it? So, like. Like right now, they're also leaving a lot of things up for the future, and I'm just like, "What are you doing?" Like, I don't know how this is going to fit into the finale, but I'm curious, <laughs> I'm really interested, and I hope we get to see everybody back. Like, not just our current group of characters, but uh, we've seen Jason already, but I wanted to, you know, I want to see everybody from the original just sitting around a bonfire, kind of just talking, you know
2: kind of like that opening scene one more time
1: yes just like the opening scene in the first episode i'd like to go back to that and have that moment before the finale wraps up
2: yeah and and honestly you know for people out there that think that sarah you know that she has watched all the episodes and you're like pretending that you haven't seen anything it's not true because you have no idea i ask you all the time you're like have you watched any more episodes like no nope All I've watched is up until what we're supposed to record, and that is it. So you really have no idea what's even coming in the next episode. Not a clue. (laughs) Yep. All right, so this is actually, uh, you know, episode nine. It's called uh, Gut Check, correct? Yep. Gut
1: Check. It was directed by Chris Ayer and written by Peter Berg. And basically the breakdown is that following a contentious loss – Coach Taylor decides to bench Vince for a game and start Lucas QB. Becky and Luke try to start the relationship over, but the seniors recognition night scheduled for Friday's game makes that difficult. Julie continues her hiatus from school and visits Matt in Chicago. Epic crosses a line during a tutoring session with Mrs. Taylor. That I really really want to talk about. We'll get into that, but there's a lot of really. Interesting things in this episode that we really got to talk about. Um, it's a quite a big episode, despite, you know, it doesn't feel like a big episode, but there's quite a few things in here.
2: Yeah, there is. It's um, it's an episode packed with a lot of good stuff, and I can tell you that when I was sitting down, you know, I watched the episode once, and then I, I go through, and I try to pick out the clips and things that I want to, you know, highlight on the on the episode, and picking out clips for this episode was really, really difficult, because... There are so many moments here in this show in general, but in the last season or so, it's been kind of crazy because it's really hard. So- Sometimes it's really easy. There are episodes where I'm not saying that there's nothing going on or that the show isn't good, but you have, you know, those scenes, the, those highlight scenes that really stand out in the episode because they're, you know, two characters talking about something very important or Things coming to a head in a certain situation, um, things getting emotional for a a character. Maybe they're by themselves and, and they, uh, they have a revelation and they go talk to somebody about it. And it's just this big cathartic sequence. And those are the scenes that you highlight in a show. And those are the clips that we look for. And sometimes it's really easy, but then there are other times, other episodes where it just seems like, From scene to scene to scene, it's just like, boom, knock out of the park, boom, knock it out of the park. I just
1: want to show you all the entire episode.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I really could. I mean, I, I even said to her before we started recording, I could have, you know, grabbed six, uh, highlights in this episode alone. You know, I could have had six clips, but it's, I, I try to keep it down to two, maybe three, just so that I don't have a ton of clips. But, uh, it was really hard in this one. Definitely, uh, so, and we'll get to that, but, uh, the ter- in terms of like the clips that I picked, it was difficult, but I found two that were, I think really, they resonated for me emotionally on a lot of different levels and for different reasons. Some of the characters that we don't get to highlight very often and two characters that have been together for a while. So yeah, so there we go.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. Um, so I say we just get dive in and just start with Becky um, and Mindy. Because, <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of interesting news this episode.
2: <laughs> what happens?
1: So you know, two crazy things happen during this beginning episode. And so we're at the landing strip, of course. Um, Becky's there, Mindy and her friends are talking, and Mindy is feeling sick. I and mean, I maybe mean, my first instinct is like, oh, God, not another Riggins.
2: The world doesn't is, need another Riggins. Okay, sorry.
1: Not from <laughs> Billy's.
2: <laughs> it's so true, right?
1: <laughs> like, Tim, go for it. Billy, you need to stop. <laughs> but whatever, it, it's going to happen. It's okay. <laughs> but anyway, she's feeling sick. And Becky volunteers to take her shift, and immediately every single red flag I have in my head just goes off. Like, this is a bad idea. This is, she's 17, 16, like, she shouldn't even be in there, let alone waitressing in something barely covering her, and, like, I don't know if I'm, like, overreacting because working in insurance is, like, huge liability not just for the establishment but for its customers it's just like this is really really bad and it's going to end really really bad <laughs> but there's only like four episodes left so how bad is it going to end <laughs> that's all I can think in my head
2: yeah it it wasn't good I remember I got to this episode I had forgotten that this had happened you know because it's it was late in the run of the show and it just didn't it wasn't something that I kind of just remembered like oh this is coming up i can't wait uh, for sarah to to watch this uh it was just one of those storylines that just happens and i thought man i'll tell you what this actually looks a lot worse (laughs) than i think any other time i've watched it
1: like if she was 18 who cares like she can do what she wants to find my me. but the fact that she's technically a minor and i don't care that she's not like dancing or whatever she's still in something that barely covers her in a place that she's not legally allowed to be into, it's and she's handling alcohol. That's huge too. Like, oh man, I, it just hurts my insurance brain. It hurts so much.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think just from a moral standpoint. Okay, fine. She's seventeen. She's going to be an adult soon, but you know, there's a reason why there is a age limit. It is not an an age. If you're close, it's okay. <laughs> the eighteen. You're considered an adult and that's where the line is drawn and you can't, you know, be in there, you know, when you turn 17, you can't be in there when you're 17, 364 days old. You can be in there when you're 18 years old and she is 17. She really shouldn't be in there. You know, she has another year of school to go. She's just a junior. So the fact is, yeah, she's, she's not, she's not equipped to be in there. In a lot yeah. of different ways. I don't mean that, by the way, in any way, sexually, really. I, I'm honestly saying she shouldn't be in there because she's not equipped from an emotional standpoint. And I think, uh, from a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um,
1: just a mental, just standpoint, a maturity like standpoint, standpoint. You know, yeah, like exactly you have maturity.
2: to, you have to understand what you're getting into and you have to understand when you go out on the floor who exactly you're dealing with you're dealing with adults you're dealing with adults whether they're male or female that are looking to be there for a specific reason and the girls that walk around that even if they're not dancers are you know objectified that's why you know the men are probably in there for the most part or the women uh, possibly as well so the fact that She's out there. It just puts her at risk and she shouldn't be out there. I, so I totally agree. She, she does need to, to not be there. She needs to be, as Becky says later, can't you, what was her line like later in the episode? Didn't she say something like you, shouldn't you be at like a, I don't know. There was, I can't remember the exact line that she said, but because they were having a discussion about it. Her and Mindy? I think so.
1: I can't remember.
2: Yeah. Maybe that's but, not
1: it. yeah. It's like I-, I was a little disappointed in Mindy for even letting her do this. Like, like she's m- mom instinct should have kicked in there, but they didn't.
2: Hmm. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but uh, you know, uh, anyway, you slice it, she needs to. She needs to go back to the beauty passions.
1: Yeah, stick to that till you're 18. Yeah. Like I know she's in that phase where, like, you know, I think her beauty pageant. She's mature beyond those, but next step isn't a strip club. (laughs) It really isn't like, just, just don't, don't do it. (laughs) That's all I can say is don't do it. Like, I know this is a familiar atmosphere to you now because you have friends that work there, but it doesn't make it safe. It doesn't make it okay.
2: No, definitely. Hmm.
1: But yeah. So I guess I'll just touch on Mindy real quick that, yeah, she is definitely pregnant. (laughs) And her description of the um conception night <laughs> is so billy that it's like smelled of Doritos just <laughs> talking. I mean like <laughs> it's like so unromantic and it's like it's like if you were having sex in as a junior, you know uh it, it's teenage sex
2: <laughs> yeah it does it does feel that way, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it's just icky. <laughs> Just doesn't sound very romantic at all.
2: Uh, Yeah,
1: he Crawls on top of me, smelling like Doritos. (laughs) That is just that's Billy. (laughs) Uh,
2: It's like Billy is Billy on you know on one hand, like it just it it's it's just him. You know, like what what are you going to do about it? Um, Yep. But but, you know the I'm sorry the I was going to just backtrack for a second. because this conversation that you're talking about where she's kind of outlining what happened, mm-hmm. um, in this conversation, that's when Mindy says to her, can't you just be like a waitress at Applebee's, you know, mm-hmm. instead of doing what she did, you know. So, but yeah. um, She doesn't want right. to talk yeah. about it though. She doesn't. She, like Mindy has no desire to continue that conversation. And so she brings up the whole pregnancy thing and it's like, well, that was a romantic night. Doritos and being drunk. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And,
1: yeah, and so, but you know, B- Becky is so positive about it. Like Mindy doesn't seem too thrilled about it, but you know, when Becky kind of lays it out and you know, like, you can have a little girl, a little boy running around. She kind of flips her mind back to, you know, the good parts of pregnancy and having a kid, not the bad parts. Which are easy to get stuck in your mind.
2: <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, Becky is like a ray of sunshine. You know? She really
1: is. Like, that's all she does is just bring brightness upon people. <laughs> like, she like,
2: It's rare for her to get down, so she kind of lifts everybody up around her. And she tries to yeah. look at the positive side, which is pretty amazing considering her home life yeah. and her parents. And I don't know how she managed to come out like this, but she has, which is great. Um, but... The one thing I will say is, if you look at Mindy, I think her not being quite so happy and thrilled about this idea is less about having the kids, and I think more from the financial strain of having yeah. more kids, because more kids means more money, means all the money needed to go to the hospital and go through all of the, the tests and go to see all the doctor visits and, and everything that comes with... You know, having a kid—it's not cheap. It's not cheap once you have the kid, but it's also not cheap before you have the kid as well. So, it's gotta yeah, this be. this is a scary. concept
1: that's foreign to me because I'm Canada. Uh, I would never know that like these things cost money. That's crazy.
2: Oh yeah. Like
1: yep. If you don't have like any kind of insurance, you gotta pay for like just get an ultrasound.
2: Yeah, it's true, and and uh, down here like. Depending on where you're at, sometimes you have – if you have good insurance, because there's good insurance and there's bad insurance. The good insurance, <laughs> for instance – sorry, going on a tangent here. Uh The good insurance is where you maybe you have a small deductible, right? So maybe it's like a $500 deductible and then everything else that year is covered. Um Bad insurance is you have a deductible and then maybe – 80% is paid by your employer and you pay the other
1: 20%. Gotcha.
2: So, you know, if you have a $30,000 operation, you're still paying thousands of dollars.
1: That's so, insanity. Yeah. But, I know, I'm not going to go on a rant of why healthcare needs to be a thing, but, <laughs> anyways, yeah, that's just, it blows my mind that that's how it is. I don't know how anyone can afford a kid in the States, but, Anyways, um, she does eventually tell Billy, and yeah, he has really good reaction too. Like he's like when it comes to kids, he's got the bright mentality that Becky has. Like he's very excited. You know, he's reassuring Mindy that you know they're financially they'll be okay, and uh, he's they mentioned something about, like no, they don't have maternity insurance anymore, but. It, they'll make it okay. So I'm assuming that the money for maternity insurance is probably going to Tim's property.
2: Maybe. Uh, I suppose. That's you got
1: transferred it, into. It
2: sounds like that. I mean, they're making the payments, so they're doing it somehow.
1: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, <laughs> like how romantic like it is this dude, like we'll have that little bugger here if we have to. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay, that's nice.
2: So exciting. <laughs>
1: And, like, I'm sure Mindy's just elated by that now. <laughs> yeah. And he puts the stick in his mouth. I was just like, no, put it down. You don't know where that's a pen. You really
2: don't know where. No, bad, <sighs> bad.
1: <laughs> but it is kind of sweet. And yeah, just, they're both finally excited about it. So it's sweet. And despite how weird Billy is, it's, it's cute. <laughs>
2: it's true. It's true.
1: But yeah. So that's really, like, positive news on this episode. Um, who do we want to jump into next? Do we want to jump into Julie Matt
2: or um, Vince let's or, ju- or Tammy? Let's do Epic and um, the whole thing.
1: Yeah, this upsets me a lot, but we'll get into this. Okay. So Epic, she comes to visit Tammy in her office. She needs help studying for a test because she needs at least, like, a minus or something. Or she'll flunk out and have to repeat the entire grade again, which is crazy. And, you know, of course, Tammy, like, she obliges. You know, she likes Epic. She wants her to succeed. And Epic's making some serious progression here, coming to her for help in the first place. Like, that's a big step. Mm -hmm. Um, So, of course, she's going to help. And Epic, she know, Tammy invites her over to study at the house. And, you know, she has dinner with her, and she's studying. And Grace Bell, she gets out of bed. This is the sweetest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) She comes to the table, and instantly... Epic can connect with her. And there's this super nurturing, kind side that comes out. And it's a side that can easily connect to this kid because, you know, I think on a certain level that's what she wants is that like freedom and carefreeness that comes with being a kid that, you know, was taken from her. So it's really easy for her to, you know, go back to that childhood state and be able to connect and nurture. It's really, it was such a sweet scene to see her hanging out with Gracie Bell and just Drawing with her and playing—it was so cute.
2: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Uh, you can tell that she like we got a hint of this. What was it? A couple episodes ago? Or maybe it was the last episode where when Tammy went and actually, you know, spoke with the the woman at the home that she was staying in her foster home, the other kids that were there, and I think she even said something like, "Oh, the the, the boys love her. The kid, you know, the kids love her." Um,
1: yeah.
2: I think that. Epic has had a raw deal in life, but she doesn't hold it against the other kids around her because she wants them to have a better life than she's had. And so she always has this extreme level of empathy towards them. And, I mean, Gracie Bell is is tiny, right? So, She's cute as a button. But she's cute as a button, and you just feel like Epic immediately you're right her like that empathy just kind of like envelopes every kid that she sees and so she's able to take any kid and just connect with them and just show them like this you know compassion and love and we just sit down with any kid she probably sees and just play with them and do that for hours and she has no problem doing that it's a a really nice thing to see
1: very and i think it's yeah, it's not something that they threw in there to, you know, make her character seem, like, you know, better. Like, this is something that I can actually believe is a part of her character, her mentality, and just the person she is. Like, it makes total sense with how she's being brought up that, you know, sometimes you will go in the opposite direction and have a resentment for your younger peers and older peers. Well, she has the one for older peers, but for her younger, you know... She knows that it's not their fault. Like, she's been in that situation, so if, you know, she sees kids, she's gonna, you know, be kind to them no matter what, because you never know their situation.
2: I totally agree. I really like that. Yeah, I totally agree. It's definitely nice, but some bad things happen too.
1: This breaks my freaking heart. Like, so this teacher that I don't like, and I, I. I flip-flopped back on this teacher, because, like, she seems like she cares at one moment, and then the next she doesn't. There's no straight line with her, but one thing that's for sure is that she has a hatred of Epic. Um, And she accuses her of stealing 20 bucks from her purse. And, honestly, like, this teacher, because of her hatred for Epic, I kind of feel like I wouldn't put a pastor to sabotage the kid. Like, I don't know enough about her to know her personality, but... I would believe Epic more than I believe her at this point.
2: Yeah, I I think that she simply lacks the the patience with Epic and the ability to see why she is the way she is. It's one of the great things about Tammy. It's one of the things that separates her is Tammy wants to see why you tick, wants to figure out what is holding you back, whereas some teachers just see – That you're not like all the other high-flying straight-A kids and they don't have any interest in in putting forth the legwork in order to understand you. All that stuff that Tammy does with seemingly every kid that she meets, um, especially the ones that need help. And so for this teacher, I just think she sees – this is what she sees. Epic is disruptive. Epic is bad. Epic puts no uh, uh, effort forward or effort forth in the classroom. Therefore, I don't have time for her. I don't like her because she won't even try. Therefore, she doesn't deserve my my sympathy. End of story. Like she just sees the end result of all the things that Epic has gone through. She doesn't have the ability or at least have the time to do what Tammy does. Because if you were to do that, if she were to do that, she would be more understanding. She might – have more empathy for epic but she doesn't she just sees her as a disruptive negative force in her classroom therefore she's just a troublemaker
1: yeah it's like she is no like i guess you can't blame a teacher for not having the time link you know it's a hectic hectic job and it takes a lot out of you in the first place but I just feel like her attitude is so negative at times, especially when it comes to Epic. It's just like it's too much. Like, you need to at least have an open mind about your kids,
2: it's no true. matter who they are. Yeah, it's true. Um, I, I know full well about uh, what it's like to, to have to deal with the workload of a teacher. And it's um, it's not easy. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. When you're at school and it's a lot of work. When you're out of school, outside the classroom, and you're at home, yeah, trust me, it's hours when you're not at school.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Grading and setting up, like, I—it's not schools in the in Canada aren't very good, and I've heard it's just like it's—it's just as bad in the United States. You don't get a lot of funding, and so most of it comes from just you know you have to be creative (laughs) and you have most of your time comes from out of the classroom, which is just, it's hard. I couldn't imagine having that kind of job.
2: Mm, It's stressful. (laughs) It's so stressful.
1: I have no doubts. But anyway, uh, Epic gets pulled into Tammy's office with this teacher who is immediately on her ass, like just grilling her about this 20 bucks. And this is Epic. She doesn't like to feel cornered. Like, it's, it's not something she can handle very well, and the teacher steps over a line by trying to take away Epic's bag, but that's a big no. <laughs> like, you can't do that, but that's the breaking point for Epic. You know, she is feeling very cornered, overwhelmed, she just kind of lashes out, and she accidentally pushes Tammy up against her while she hits her head, and the camera goes back to Epic and there's this immediate remorse and regret on Epic's face. And it's just like the most heartbreaking thing you've ever seen. Cause you know, this is bad.
2: Yeah. I mean, she knows Epic knows that, that this is her own line crossing. Yeah. If, if and the, if the teacher crossed the line by trying to grab the bag, this is the line that you can't cross. You, you start physically, it doesn't, you know, and obviously she didn't mean to do it, but, Regardless of how it came about, if you are somehow responsible for physically hurting a teacher, and especially given someone in the precarious position of Epic where how many strikes does she have against her already, it's not a good sign.
0: Do you like podcasts about movies, television shows, books, games, and pop culture? How about sports like football and tennis? Here at Freaking Geeks Media, one of our many goals is to create a variety of podcasts that you can enjoy listening to. From the Freaking Geeks podcast to Hungry for Hannibal, Friday Night Mics, the American Gods podcast, and Stranger Things, we know that giving you an assortment of options is one of the best ways of bringing you back for more. But it does take quite a bit of work and expense on our end to make these podcasts a reality. Patreon gives us the opportunity to make a living doing what we love – However, to do this, we need your help. By donating as little as a dollar a month, you get access to both past and upcoming Patreon-only content, as well as early access to regular episodes before they appear on iTunes. Other tier rewards include monthly Loot Crate giveaways, access to live broadcasts, Freaking Geeks t-shirts, magnets, and much more. We can honestly say that anything given is greatly appreciated, So, consider supporting us by going to www.patreon.com slash freakinggeeks and check out what we have to offer. We think you'll like what you see and hear.
1: Yeah, and the teacher makes sure that this other... I always forget her name, but this other teacher, she definitely makes sure that this gets Mm over-dramatized big time. Um, Like, Tammy, she just having ice against her head. It's not a big deal to her. Like, accidents happen. But the teacher, like, the cops show up, which is just insane for this little thing. And the teacher's calling Epic a psycho, just throwing her under the bus, and the cops, like, eventually take her away. And, you know, just to make sure her hearts are thoroughly crushed, we learn that Epic's being transferred to a different school. She's getting taken out of her current foster care home, one that's pretty stable for her I mean, that's just it's triple heartbreak on that front. Like that's how can you do that to a kid? Uh. Well, Try I'll
2: and- tell you. I'll tell you what. I think that it's particularly bad here, just because you could tell Epic was making progress.
1: Exactly, and that's taking taken all away. You
2: know, she. You take away Tammy from her. Like one of the best things about the season, I think, is this whole thing with Epic because we've seen. Tammy, you know, reach out to somebody that really needed help, and it took a little while, but she has finally responded. There is a level of trust I think that Epic has for Tammy that it's it's possible. I'm not saying it, that nobody else has attained this level of trust, but I also wouldn't be surprised if nobody else has ever attained this level of trust because Tammy just you could t- Epic. I feel I like, can tell that, that Tammy really cares. Tammy is finally broken through her defenses, and the end result is that Epic now feels like she can lean on Tammy, and that's something I don't know that she's ever really felt that she had I mean even from her foster you know parents, you know, and I know she's been i think to to more than a few um but Tammy I think is probably the only person that she's ever felt comfortable talking to like she can tell her her problems and she'll get a sympathetic ear and somebody who will actively try to help her solve those problems. It's not just about listening. It's also how can we solve these issues and taking that away from her. That is definitely devastating.
1: Yeah, And the fact that Epic found somebody that she can come to for help and that adult won't look down upon her or guilt her or make her feel bad about coming for help I mean that's a huge trip I don't think that's something she's ever had either so that's pretty awful that this is getting taken away from her
2: yes it is Unfortunately,
1: I, I literally wrote my notes that Tammy should adopt her <laughs> Flat out. we I, I don't know if maybe like out of the context of the show like if the actress got a different gig if we're gonna see her again if this is just the end of epic story I'm just kind of like what was the build up for? Um, I hope like I hope it leads to something. Like if she's just gone, I'm gonna be really sad. <laughs> well, I mean
2: you don't know. Maybe she'll show up at Tammy's doorstep in the next episode.
1: <sighs> I hope so. <laughs> like I hope so. Just like adopt me. <laughs> they will be fine by me. Like, there you go, you have a living babysitter, and you get to help her and it's fine. Everybody's well, you know, fine if you just adopt her. <laughs> I mean, there
2: you go, right? I mean, Epic shows up and you know shes she becomes part of the family, they illegally adopt her, and now and now you know who has a sister
1: yeah there we go
2: There we Gracie go. build's
1: got a new sister,
2: yep, yep
1: that'd be fine by me, <laughs> but that's it for epic this episode,
2: yeah, should Great we get, get into see how that goes. Should we get into uh Vince and Jess?
1: Oh boy, <laughs> it is a rough episode for these two. Yes, So, let's start off with Vince. Um, so, basically, it, this is in the wake of, like, everything at its peak, and it's all starting to crumble and break apart. And after this game that they lose, there is just no teamwork. Vince is pointing fingers at everyone but himself, of course. It's his father's mentality. And at this point, he's still very short-sighted and egotistical, and <laughs> Eric is very, very unhappy. And tells the whole team just hit the hell out of his locker room. He is pissed. I don't want to be in Eric's presence when he's pissed. <laughs> it is scary.
2: That's that's a stern face. That, that's a face of a dad who is mad. <laughs> you you know yeah. it. You know it. You know what that looks like if you're a, if you're a kid, if you're uh, if you have parents which you know, everybody does. If you have a parent and they're they're angry at you because you've done something wrong and hopefully, you know, it, it's The good angry, not the abusive angry, obviously. That's just terrible. But, you know, if they give you that stern look, that look that says, you totally screwed up. And trust me, the best thing you can do is to look ashamed and just get out of here and go take a walk and think about what you've done. (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. So first practice back after this, Vince is told to give his QB vest to Luke. This is hard for him to do. He has been demoted for this practice. And he comes up to coach with a little bit of backlash and attitude, like asking why he's even doing this. But coach um, has also, like, he's demoted the rapport that he has with Vince back to a coach player aspect. No more, like, equal man-to-man talks. It's back to you're the player and you do what I say on this field and you don't question me anymore. And... It's totally tough love and I do I love that he's going down this road with him because this is what Vince needs is a lot of tough love and a serious wake up call.
2: Yeah, and I wanna expand a little more on this, but I think I wanna wait until we're done uh talking about uh I wanna I wanna finish it off with I think the Jess and, and Vince stuff. Yeah. So uh, I want to expand on what you just said there. But we'll, I'll wait till we get through with, uh, get to that uh, clip. We play it and then I'll, I'll talk about it.
1: All right. Um, so Vince, you know, he comes back to his dad um, and starts blaming him, which it is technically correct, but still Vince is pointing fingers at everyone, but Vince himself. Um, it, it, sure. His father's kind of orchestrated this mentality around him, but he should have been smarter than to have, been put into the situation and be thinking like this. And um you know, his father, of course, you know, he's trying to manipulate him, reassure him that he won't lose his spot. It's only in practice, it's not a game. Like there's no way that coach would ever, you know, throw his quarterback under the bus when playoffs are at stake. Like that's just crazy. Which it is crazy. But he doesn't know Eric Taylor. Like we know Eric Taylor. Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Eric, you know, he asked Vince to train Luke as a backup QB uh, and run plays with him. Vince isn't too thrilled because he knows what I mean. Like, he's trying to replace me, trying to get me to train someone to replace me. But he eventually agrees because he's the player. He needs to do this. Like, there should be a backup QB in case he ever gets hurt, especially with playoffs coming up. But it's essentially a test, which should be obvious to Vince, like, Eric is doing the bare minimum of testing him and what he's capable of doing but that doesn't go very well um Jess she's doing the laundry and Vince isn't treating her very well do we want to jump into this
2: yeah yeah, we'll we'll play the clip and then we'll talk about it
1: alright guys listen to this one
3: like I ain't got nothing else better to do I got a highlight reel to work on homework I'm tired I'm sure Luke is tired, too. Yeah, but I ain't his babysitter. Why well, I gotta hold his hand? Because your coach asked you to? Yeah, he would say something like that Here, not him... What? You can't just put it in there? I ain't your damn mate. Oh, attitude? What's your problem? Nothing's my problem. I'm tired of hearing you complain all the time. It's all you ever do in here. You bark about your teammates, about coach doing this, coach doing that, and that's all you ever do in here. Well, if you
4: don't like it, Jess, you don't
3: have to listen. What? I can leave? I said to you very clearly I ain't want you on this team. I don't want my girlfriend in the locker room talking to Coach behind my back. I can't trust nobody no more. Uh, I'm talking to Coach? So now you're accusing me, huh? Now I'm against you too, huh, Vince? You know I had your back since day one. You the one that lied to him. You the one that skipped practice. You the one that talked all about yourself and forgot all about your teammates in that TV interview. Again with the TV interview? Jess, I know I'm good, but I can't control what they put on TV. Yeah, because it's never Vince's fault, right? I cannot believe you you're actually trying to sit here and blame me for you being in trouble with Coach. You just can't hear yourself, can you? Or maybe you got your dad's hand so far up your ass, you can't see nothing but your own damn ego. Jess, you better watch your damn mouth. Don't you All tell right? me to my watch my mouth. My dad's gonna get me into college. All right, ain't gonna be Coach, ain't gonna be this team, and ain't gonna be you neither. Yeah, you right, it ain't gonna be me, because I'm not needed, right? I can't stand being around your ass anymore. I do
1: I'm leaving.
3: I'm leaving, because you know what? We're done, jackass. We're through.
1: So yeah, like I, I love seeing Jess with some anger to her. Like, she is just you don't mess with Jessic, like, you don't push her too far because you are gonna get bitten. Yeah. And boy did she bite him.
2: <laughs> this to me, like Jess Jess is our tyra fix. I mean yeah. they they're both two strong, fiery women. Uh they're not precisely you know, obviously the same, but they're both very strong yeah. that doesn't mean that they don't get hurt it doesn't mean that they never cry uh but they have a a strength about them they have flaws i mean we, we know tyra has oh God, flaws. Yeah. but you know vince and i'm sorry not vince jess for me is is um this really i, I love her character i really do uh for me, when Tyra left and I was first watching this show, I was devastated like you were. Very. <laughs> and it took, you know, as we both both of us, you know, a little while to get into these new characters because they're just new characters. You don't know anything about them. Uh, you don't know quite how receptive you are. Even if you are open-minded, you're still like, eh, we'll see, we'll see. But but Jess for me is fantastic because she's strong and she she loves the game, and I, I love the direction that they they've taken her character.
1: It's very smart. It's it, so like it's not your dramatic girl who's a girlfriend of the QB typical character. Like she has her own specific needs and wants in life. It doesn't revolve around fits. She has a she
2: has dreams, and she yeah. wants to achieve those dreams. This isn't some like. I don't know, some fantasy that she concocted up and she'll want this for 10 minutes and move on to the next thing. You can tell this is a passion for her. And she's in there. She's doing what she needs to do to help the team. And Vince has been against this from day one. You know, Fair. he's I don't want my girlfriend in here. How can I possibly, you know, mess with around with the guys? And I got my girlfriend and, you know, complaining and whining. And that's all been amped up to 11 you know, at this point, because he's just in there complaining, complaining left and right. And she just calls him out. She's like, look, I hate it. You're in here. You just every time you're in here, you're complaining about coach, about the guys, about coach. Coach said this. Coach said that. And it's like, I, you know, you could tell what she's thinking is I don't have time for this. OK, I try to be the good girlfriend. I try to listen. I try to be sympathetic. But you know what? Enough is enough. This is absolutely ridiculous. How about you show some grit for once you know like you're really letting this stuff be an issue it's just it seems so trivial some of the stuff that he complains about and uh, she just doesn't want to deal with it and then when he comes at her you know she's just like you know you don't take any responsibility for yourself you don't take any responsibility for any of your own actions you know you're the one that left practice you're the one that did you're the one that's done wrong but you can't see Beyond that, and then she goes, you know, to his dad, which, you know, that's like, no, no, you don't go there. But you know, her, she doesn't care, and and ultimately, you know, she breaks up with him because you know what? She just you can't deal with somebody whose head is the size of, uh, you know, a giant, a, a giant, stadium? yeah, a giant melon. You know, <laughs> on his head, it, it's 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 expanded, it's grown because his ego has gotten so large that he just, he just can't see beyond that. He has no flaws at this point. You know, he looks in yeah. the mirror, he just sees the leader perfection. You know, I'm, I'm going to college. I'm going to the NFL. Um, and it's just, it's just sad.
1: Like my being here, it benefits coach and not the other way around where coach being here training you is benefiting you his mentality's totally flipped
2: well he's failed to remember where he was at where he came from you know and this is a guy that was running from the cops you know at yep. the beginning of last season and now he's fielding offers from all over the country and yeah it's just it's sad to see it's, it's somebody who's totally lost perspective and when you lose perspective it it doesn't bode well
1: no, it does not. And um I love that the testament to Jess's character, too, is that, you know, she goes to see Luke who's waiting to be trained by Vince, and she ends up doing it because she does not want to lose the game. Like, this is how much she loves football. You know, she just had it out with Vince. And the fact that she is cool-headed enough to go and train Luke, I mean, that says something about her love of this game.
2: Yeah, she doesn't want to lose. And she's not going to let Vince and his issues and everything he's done screw it up.
1: Exactly. So Vince finally ends up going to the person he should have been going to for life advice all this time. And that's his mom, who assures him that his father, while he loves him and he means well, that his advice isn't always good advice. So it's just like something we're all like, yeah, it's so true. Like, don't listen to it. Like, yes, he loves you. But... It, he doesn't know anything about this. Like <laughs> he, he shouldn't be taking his advice. But yeah, it was really nice to see him actually having a talk with his mom, like somebody he should have been going to in the first place. And um, after the game, like this is an intense game. I was like on the edge of my seat watching this because Vince is being benched the whole time. Eric is not breaking. He is not. He, this is a game of chicken, and he's not going to be the one to turn first and yep. he's going to mm-hmm. run into your car no matter what. <laughs> and Vince's father, he's getting more and more furious, especially when Luke manages to pull some matte creativity out from his like personality and actually win this game. Oh, it's a, it's a thing of beauty. The fact that like it not Eric only wins on a certain level, but he knows that this is going to the ramifications it's going to have for Vince, and hopefully that this will bring Vince back from his insanity level.
2: (laughs) Right. And unfortunately, well, I don't think think Eric cares. Vince cares. But but, uh, his dad is incensed. He just gets up. He's just, you know, pissed off look on his face. And he just climbs down out of the stands. And Vince tries to run after him. Uh, But, look... Like you said, Eric, Eric is not going to let a player run his team. He runs the team. He's the coach. He's done this for years. He's, he's seen, look, we've seen how many people since this show began. Remember Voodoo? Yeah. Okay. Episode
1: two, he showed
2: up. I mean, that's kind of the direction that, that Vince has been leaning towards in the last few episodes. That entitled jerk. He dealt with Voodoo. And that didn't work out too well for him. I seem to remember him lasting a few episodes and he was basically run out of town by the entire team. Yeah. So Eric's like, look, I don't know what you guys think you're doing. If you just think that you're going to run this team, make all the decisions and, and what, I'm going to be just a puppet? No, no, no. That's not going to happen. So you're benched. And if we lose, well, guess what? You're part of the reason we That's lost fun. because you couldn't. You couldn't remain above your own interests.
1: Exactly. I love that it. It's a really risky strat, but it boy, it pays off. And it also puts a level of fear into Vince that if he needs to, he can have Luke be his quarterback and Luke can actually bring them games, win them games. He doesn't actually need Vince. And that is something scary to Vince that I think is going to really snap him out of it.
2: Well, he made a threat, you know, Eric made a threat and it proved to be right.
1: Yeah. Right. So
2: I'm not saying that uh, you can count on that kind of comeback, but it's that fear in knowing that you are not as vital as you think you are.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if I don't want to put you out there for all your scouts to see from other colleges, I don't have to.
2: Right. And that's what Eric says, you know, what, what do you say? I don't you say I don't. I, I don't put you. I don't put you back in the game for like highlight reels and and all this, you know, that stuff. It's not my purpose. That's my. That's not my job. You know, you you have to do what you got to do, which is earn your way. <laughs> you have to earn to be out there.
1: Seriously. Yep. So. Yeah, that's pretty intense with Vince. It's the beginning of the the fall of Vince and hopefully the beginning of bringing back the Vince we know and love and bringing back the heart and the, the non egotistical Vince that, you know, we know is there.
2: Definitely. For sure.
1: All right. Shall we shift into our last two, Julie and Matt?
2: Let's do it.
1: (laughs) All right. So this is great. Um, So it looks like so far, Julie has spent the weekend with Matt and She's planning on going back to school, but decides to stay a little longer with Matt, which is you no know, complaints for me because I love these two to pieces together. Like they're both awkward and um, just publicly a little bit strange around other people, but when they're together, there is a symbioticness that's just it's like they flow together. They work, and it's like they can tackle the world when they're together. <laughs> You know,
2: There, there's a chemistry between these two uh, actors that is—it's some um... okay. So I mean, there's different kinds of chemistry, or there's different like some actors get together and it's just like it is hot. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. Have you ever seen um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Yes. Okay, so <laughs> we when... know
1: how that turned out.
2: Right. Okay. Right. Right. But let, let's face it: in that movie, I mean, yeah. Pitt, it was palpable enough for Angelie. Yeah, right. If those two yeah. when like that it was, you could tell like <laughs> their their chemistry was scary. Um very, very hot fire is on a ridiculous level. Um yeah. So there's that. Um and there's all kinds of different levels of chemistry and different kinds of chemistry. To me, Matt and Julie are it's like the, it's like somewhere in between where you feel like there's this real nice level of heat, but they also fit each other like a glove. You know, it's just,
1: yeah. it's a lot of understanding yeah. and comfort there.
2: It's a compatibility of, um, I think different personalities. like a compatibility of personalities. And I think that's because the actors themselves are probably very comfortable very compatible with each other and that just translates on screen look i've seen plenty of movies and plenty of tv shows where you have actors on screen and you could tell they have zero chemistry whatsoever oh. either on screen or off screen these are not two people that are no no way
1: yeah so, there's enough of those out there yeah
0: Everyone knows that iTunes Reviews really helps their podcast reach more people. But did you know that rating and reviewing us on iTunes will benefit you as well? Every month, we'll be noting who rated and reviewed us across all of our podcasts. Doing so will put you in the running for a gift from our sponsor, Spindlecraft. If you rate and review one of our podcasts, you will gain one entry. If you rate two, you gain two entries, and so on. This allows us to give a little something back for taking the time to rate and review our podcasts. You'll continue to be eligible to win each month for six months, or until the sponsorship ends. Winners will not be authorized to win again. It only takes a few minutes, but we think it's worth it. You should too. So, uh,
1: Yeah, um, so Julie and Matt. They go out and have a good time, and she apparently meets some of Matt's, like, friends or colleagues, and it it triggers this feeling of she doesn't feel a part of his world anymore. And, you know, only when she's with Matt do I see this adult side in her, like, uh, the grown-up, the matureness, that it's brought out by Matt. It doesn't seem to stick when he's not around, but when he's there, it's like there's comfort and confidence in her, and I love that. But you know she's right. They, they she isn't a part of his world, but when she's with him, it feels like she is
2: yeah, I agree. Um, and I like your observation there about you know her being an adult whenever you know he's or she's with him because um I think that's true i I feel like Julie is uh, the kind of person who it's just a little more difficult for her to navigate maybe life. Um, her own expectations for herself, her parents' expectations for herself, and how to get to that point where she can see herself as the mature, steady person that she, she wants to be. Um, which is kind of crazy because I remember the first time we met her and she was this book reading, uh, quiet, um, introspective kind of girl. You know, that had zero interest in dating any football player. But eventually came around. And she had her ups and downs. You know, she and Matt obviously broke up and there was the whole thing with the Swede. And yeah. and then obviously she had some that rebellious phase, which not fun to watch, by the way, but oh. it existed. Uh but she came out on the other side of that better um for it. But you know, she still has had her issues. But getting with Matt, I think you, you see the potential. And I don't mean to, to make it sound like, see, it's kind of it sounds kind of bad because it feels like I'm saying, well, you know what? Julie by herself, there's no way she can get to be, <laughs> she's you know, a that lost be- ship. Right. It, it's, I'm not trying to say like if she's not with Matt, she's garbage, you know? Um, was well just chalked Julie up to be a lost soul or something. I'm not saying that. Right? I'm just saying that I think. Being, Matt is a steadying force for her that, that just helps her. And I don't think that's, it's, it's not bad to say that. And I don't think that it makes her character weak. You know, it's, I don't see Julie as a weak character or as a weak person. I think she makes, makes mistakes just like everybody else. But I think with Matt, she sees the best version of herself when she's in Matt's presence.
1: Yeah. I think that's probably a perfect way to put it you're right, she's not weak for being this way when she's with Matt, it's just like that's just like how you said the world is right when she's with Matt and the best of herself Mm -hmm. and you know, she stays another night they spend the night together which I guess they hadn't done yet Um, and in the morning Julie lays out what happened to her at school and about her affair and I gotta give Matt credit, because he takes this all very well. Like, he is just cool as a cucumber about all this. Like, first thing in the morning, I would be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but, he's really good. He shows, like, he certainly loves her, and he's so, he's really patient. And, yeah, he says, like, I'm not your parents. Like, I'm not gonna be disappointed in you. We weren't together. In my eyes, you did nothing wrong. Like, you're just out in the world doing something and it it doesn't really translate to our relationship.
2: Well, right. I mean, he, look, Matt has always been a very mature person. He's had to be. He's been taking care of his grandmother since he was a bar- <laughs> probably barely into his teens. Yeah. Okay? So like Vince and I, look, I know Vince has his own issues, but you know when you grew up There's not just, there's not just one hard life. Okay. If you grow up on the streets, uh, in a, in a very difficult neighborhood, that's one way to grow up. And it's difficult on, on a lot of people. Um, I know that, Uh, but while I don't think that, I don't think Matt obviously had to deal with that so much, but he's had to deal with difficulties in a different way. And, you know, that involved taking on responsibility for a grandmother who you know mentally is not able to take care of herself on a day-to-day basis and what does that require of a kid who shouldn't really have to be dealing with that kind of uh, responsibility uh so for me you know that mature mat is able to see things in a way that maybe another kid Another, I can't say kid because he's technically an adult. Another young adult may not be able to see past that. You know, he might see Julie. Oh, you slept with another guy. Oh, I can't believe you did that. Oh, this is ridiculous. And just go on this. You know, you know, all the insecurities coming out. But Matt isn't insecure. You know, he, he, he knows. Like, look, we weren't together. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and and admonish you because you decided you wanted to sleep with somebody and things didn't turn out too well, but who cares, you know, whatever.
1: But it is the first hint to Matt that she is there for other reasons than just to see him. Like she's, there's something she's running from. And, you know, that shows in their breakfast scene together, he finally asked her some hard questions. Like, what does she really want? Is she just running from her problems? Is he her crutch, like the safety net that she feels she can use when she's in trouble, like is he more than that or is he only that? These are questions like he wants to know.
2: Well, okay. So the first thing is that wasn't a dinner scene. That was actually, oh, that was a breakfast. Scene. That was a dinner breakfast. scene. What? It was because they had made they had made spaghetti.
1: But I thought they made it for breakfast. I could be crazy. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, no, no. So, so really, what that scene that we're because I'm going to play the audio for it. Um because they went to breakfast, but then the scene where they kind of get down, where he, like, asks her what she's doing here.
1: It um, is dinner, that's right. I don't dinner. know why.
2: Uh, it's okay, because um, it, it's very quickly after that. So, um, anyway, I'm going to play the clip here for this, and then we'll, we'll talk about what goes on in this scene.
4: So I went to- and then, I was gonna go to the planetarium, but the most beautiful day outside. So, I decided that I just go for a walk. And then, have you seen the bean? I have seen the bean. The bean is kind of amazing up close in person. Dude, what, what are you doing? I'm telling you about my day. I know, but I mean, what are you doing here in Chicago? Don't you have to go home at some point? Well, I thought that you said that I could stay. Right, and you can, but, but do your parents even know that you're here? Look, this has all been great. This food is amazing, you're amazing. I just, I don't want to be your safety net. What is that supposed to mean? I mean that it feels like you're only here because you're trying to avoid some stuff that's going on in your real life. You know, because you're supposed to be at college. I am, it's not like I'm moving in with you or something. don't get mad, okay? Do not get mad at me, I'm just, I'm just trying to say to you, you have a life somewhere else that you need to be living, and that life is in Burleson. So this whole week, you and me... You it's been amazing. Just... It's been great. I wish you could stay longer. I wish you lived here, but... But you don't live here. I gotta... Where are you going? I gotta go for a walk. Where? I just need some air.
2: Okay. So they're having you know the dinner thing, and so yeah, he asks her about why she's there, and that's when you do. You're right. They finally get to the crux of the situation, which is even though a few episodes back, Julie. Said goodbye to douchebag, uh, her TA at school. <laughs> uh, I know. Sorry to remind you about that. on
1: flashbacks. <laughs> I
2: know. Uh, violent flashbacks. But so even though she said goodbye to all that and she showed what appeared to be this maturity in, in deciding to go back to college, she decided. And I think she did. I don't think this was planned. I really do believe she was actually heading back to school. But that phone call from him was what prompted her to go back to Matt. And she is running still. And I think it's it's not about her inability to go back to school. Because I think she can go back now. But I don't think she feels like that's where she wants to be anymore. I think she wants to be wherever Matt is. And I think she knows that. That's what we all want. <laughs> it's, it's just – it's what she wants. She wants to go to college. I do believe that. But I think she wants to be wherever Matt is. So, yeah, is she running? I think she's running from being in a place that she doesn't want to be. And there's a chance that she never really in her heart wanted to be at that college. She just – she went there because it was a great school. It was relatively close to home, you know, what, within like maybe a couple of hours, I think. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, so it's not that far away. She can, she can come home. She can go back to school pretty easily. But I just – I think that this is where she wants to be and I think she always has deep inside. I just think it took that moment on the road. After she got got that phone call for her to realize that I think it just clicked for her in an instant in her head in her heart, and she just made that u turn and headed to Chicago
1: yeah, I think so too um i I think that's like she just wants to i actually believe too she wants to go to like college and get an education and, and wanted some she initially wanted to get some independence, to be able to be on her own two feet. And yeah, she just found that it's not what she wanted. She just wanted to be with Matt, also want, like, to have an education, but to also have Matt be there. It's a little bit of a complicated web. And yeah, that's also something else, like, he says to her, like, it's it's, we're going to figure it out. It's complicated. Like, she's leaving. He stops her from leaving and basically just says, like, yeah, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. Like we don't know how to fix it right now, and we don't have the time to at this moment. But we'll figure it out.
2: Well, I, I personally, um, I I love this scene at the end because you can tell she's distraught. She's she's a little angry. Uh, she, I think she feels like she's being rejected. I think she doesn't know exactly what direction to go in if she if she isn't gonna be there and his reassurance I think helps her in that moment just because I think it allows her to feel like there's he's invested in the possibility of their future together. And uh I think that's good enough for her, at least in this moment.
1: Yeah, he's trying to, like, you can see he he doesn't want to run after that car because he wants her to find her own path and not have to rely on him. But he also can't let her go (laughs) because he wants, on a level, the same thing she wants, just to be with her and have each other in their world, but also want independence at the same time. (laughs) It's a very complicated situation they're in.
2: It's so true. It definitely is, but uh really great scenes between those two. I love this episode Fair. for that,
1: yeah, it was great and it felt like you were in a totally different like not a different show, but just i don't know it was like you were witnessing just off from our normal you know storyline, getting to visit Matt and finally have a storyline where we were really happy with julie it's It's really nice to see.
2: Yeah, it is. So, um, all right. So let's get down to what uh, I guess our final thoughts and our grades on this episode.
1: Yeah. Do you want to start off?
2: Sure. Um, I, I really love this episode. I think, I think it's chock full of a lot of great storylines. Um, there's a lot of things coming to a head or at least heading in that direction. Like there's a lot of conflict going on in this episode. You have, you know, Vince and his dad, you're starting to see the cracks in their game plan. Right. Uh, things are not working out the way they thought. Vince is losing his starting job. Uh, you have, um, Julie dealing with, with her issues and, and being with Matt and trying to figure out how this can all work out. You know, obviously the whole epic thing with Tammy, it, you know, that's just tragic to see. Um, it's just a great episode. It really is. It's fantastic. I love every, single aspect of this episode i mean i know the epic stuff is tragic and you hate to see it but it's still potent and uh fantastic you know from a storytelling perspective um it brings out an emotional mo- uh, point uh, in this episode for tammy i just think it's really great i i i gotta give it an a plus honestly i think it's a really really fantastic episode
1: yeah, I agree. It's a very, very strong episode, and there's some really great material. In here. Like, the writing is top notch. This episode, you deal with some difficult things that are on a you know a teenage level and an adult level, and to be able to write those so cohesively in the same episode is really something. Um, epic stuff. I hate that she's you know, may. I, I hate that her future's up in the air (laughs) like this sounds really horrible and i just want tammy to adopt her but you know it's interesting um that the writing's really good and it's a little bit of drama but i'm curious to see where it's gonna go um and the fact that uh you know everything's coming to a head with vince you know he's losing everything he's losing his spot his girlfriend and his team, <laughs> basically everything is slowly being taken away from him. And I'm curious to see how he's going to be able to get everything back. How he's going to earn the trust of everyone around him again.
2: Yeah, um, I totally agree. So what's your, uh, what's your grade for this?
1: Um, I'm going to give it an A. Okay. I think it definitely deserves an A.
2: Okay. Alrighty. Well, that's it for us in this episode. So... Uh, we'll guess we'll end it as we always do, and it's you know, getting towards the end here, so you're not going to hear many more of these. Uh-huh. Um, clear eyes.
1: Full hearts.
2: Can't lose. Can't lose. Everyone, uh, we'll see you in the next episode.
1: Bye, guys.